Sermon number 660, Ships Lost at Sea, preached in the First Presbyterian Church of Bakerstown on Sunday, September 23, 1973. The text, Luke, the 15th chapter, the 11th through the 24th verses. chapter, that which is perhaps the most familiar word of God. And Jesus said there was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that falls to me. And the father divided his living between them. And not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took his journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in loose living. And when he had spent everything, a great famine arose in that country, and he began to be in want. So he went and joined himself to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed swine, and he would gladly have fed on the pods that the swine ate, but no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but while he was yet at a distance, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and make merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to make merry. The prodigal son. I doubt very much whether he ever served as an admiral in the Jewish Navy, but he certainly was an individual who lost many ships. And in reference to the sermon, of course, when I mention ships, I am not thinking about those vessels that travel upon water, but rather I'm talking about those ships that are found in relationships that any one of us can lose as we try to voyage our way through life. Do you realize how many ships we can lose? on the sea of life. The prodigal son lost many, 
The first one that he lost is what I call partnership. Partnership. And he lost that when, like many of us, this young man decided that he could very well separate himself from his father. When he thought that he could go to some far-off country, do his own thing, and be his own man. And when he went to the old man and he said, Give me what belongs to me. He lost that ship, which every one of us must have if we are to feel that we are a partner with God in helping to build this world. The partnership is a ship that any one of us can lose when we begin to think that responsibility is only a one street. Us and owes us everything, and we owe nothing to him. That's the way the prodigal fell. He did not see that the father was dependent upon the son, and the son was dependent upon the father, or as Paul says it later on, we are workers together with God. And if something comes to break that balance and put it in imbalance, then not only are you in trouble, but so is God. Because God, in his infinite wisdom, when he created this world, he made it so that we are co-workers, our partners with him, and if we do not assume that particular position in life, not only we, but God suffers. Did you ever realize there is no word in our vocabulary like God factoring? No. You see, God creates everything, but he factures nothing. Man factures. Now, after that fiasco in the Astrodome last Thursday night, we'll probably want to change it to woman factoring, but in the meantime, it still stands as a universal word, meaning all creation manufacturing. And it's the creation of God combined in partnership with the factoring that man can do that makes this world the kingdom of God. God makes the flower from the wheat, creates it. But if it's ever going to be made into bread, it requires the partnership of man's ability united with God to make the bread. God puts the ore, creates the ore down in the ground, or, or creates the wood that's found in the tree. But if there is ever going to be buildings of stone and of wood, hospitals and homes and in schools, it requires the joint effort, the partnership between God and man, creation and manufacturing, to bring the two together. And when any one of us feels that we know, owe no allegiance to our Father, that we can go our own way, that we are not dependent upon him and he is not dependent upon us. 
We lose a very important ship that has made this country great and the Church of Jesus Christ what it is. Partnership. And any man, any young person, any woman can lose that concept if he or she makes his voyage on the sea of life. The prodigal lost another ship. Stewardship. This particular young chap did not seem in any way to see that everything that he claimed was his own was nothing more than a gift from the Father. Every day, every period of time that he has, that was a gift. Every talent that he had, be it a thought in his mind, a word in his mouth, a, an ability in his hand, filled with gifts. It came to him through his father. Every treasure that he had in his pocketbook or his bank account, that was a gift from God. But the young man never thought about that. He never thought that he brought nothing into this world and someday he would take nothing out of it. But the earth is the father. And we are just given a part of the treasure as a gift, and we are to manage it to be good trustees or stewards of it while we have days here on life. But you know, many people have never caught that concept. Once a preacher was, was really coming down hard on the congregation, this concept of stewardship, and he infuriated about a successful man in the congregation is, they often upset those who have been blessed so greatly. The irate parishioner called up his pastor and asked him to come out to his 200-acre ranch. And he took him out on the front porch and he says, Do you mean all of this for which I have sweat? All of this for which I have paid good money and am still paying taxes on? Do you mean that this does not belong to me? And the very wise preacher said, Ask me that same question in a hundred years. We lose that ship when in our voyage we think that we own everything. When are we going to learn that these gifts, these things that we have and enjoy, they're not ours? They are ours for a time, yes, to use wisely to bring benefit not only to ourselves but to the world. The prodigal lost his, squandered it, the Bible said, on loose living. I know some people who have lost the ship called stewardship through tight living. You see, money and treasures and gifts and talents and time. These are not to be worshipped as a god, neither are they to be wasted as garbage, but rather they are to be realized as gifts from God for which someday we shall be held accountable. How we spend this moment, that dollar or that talent, someday we'll have to give an accounting for that. The only person that has a chance is the individual who does not lose the concept of stewardship. When he spends his time, or his money, 
for his town. The prodigal lost it when he forgot the gift which had been given unto him. He lost another ship, one which I think is very important and which I don't think we really know too much about. Friendship. Friendship. Alan Topper in his book, Future Shock, you know, in gathering statistics, he says that though the average American can claim between 500 and 2,500 relationships with people, acquaintances, the average American still only has between 7 to 14 and no more than 20 friends. And he claims in his thesis about the pressures of the future that it's going to be fewer in the days yet to come, the number of friends that we have. There's a man who lost that ship, which is so important in the storms of life. How do you make it without a friend? I don't know how he lost his friends, probably the same way you and I lose friends, is that we forget in the good times to be friendly. Aristotle, I think it was, who said that friendship, what is it? It is one soul dwelling in two bodies. It is when that deep which is in you meets that deep which is in me. And we, without talking or saying a word, have a common bond and unity built upon our ideals and our hopes and our dreams and our love. The prodigal forgot that one of the most important things any man or woman can have is a friend. And consequently, when the night storms came and the winds blew and the seas beat, upon him, and he found himself in a gentile pigsty. He would have gladly ate of the pods with which he was feeding the pigs, but no one, it says, no one gave him any. He had no one to come to his rescue. He lost that ship called friendship. And you know, when you lose partnership and stewardship and friendship, I personally think it's only a matter of time till you lose that most important ship that anyone can have. And that is the concept of sonship. Listen to the testimony of the prodigal. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And why did he say that? Because he knew. He knew that he was a sinner, not only in the sight of his earthly father, but his heavenly father as well. And how did he know he was a sinner? Because suddenly down there in the pigsty, he came to the re realization that he had lost the ships that are important upon the sea of life. He had lost those things that make life important a relationship of partnership with God, 
a relationship where everything that I have comes from thee, O Lord. A relationship that people are important to me. You have lost all of those things, and when you lose those things, then suddenly you realize that you have lost the inheritance which was yours by birth and for which Jesus Christ died. You feel dirty. You feel rejected. You feel depraved. You feel disinherited. And this is what it means to feel like a sinner. And you see, that's not the end of the story, thank God. But all the prodigal lost these ships, the important thing to realize is that in the end of the story, the prodigal had found another ship. A ship which is very important if you're going to understand life and who you are as an individual. It is that ship which we call in the church worship. It is that particular ship which I particularly believe cannot be found unless you have lost some of those other ships on the sea of life. This 20th verse has always intrigued me in this story of the prodigal son. And it says, he arose and went to his father. But you know, the reason it intrigues me was that you never get the idea because it is not written that the man fell down. But he knew that he had fallen because he knew he was lost. And he arose and he went back to his father and he confessed his sin. And he said that he was no longer worthy to be called a son. And that is what caused the father, you see, to call for the fatted calf, for rings to be placed upon his fingers, shoes upon his feet. And they began to make merry. And that is a celebration. And celebration is what worship is all about. And my personal feeling is that the reason some of us come here and find Worship only is a ritual or something to do on Sunday morning. And we do not find this to be a merry occasion, nor a time of celebration, or a time when we can sing and make joyous and praise God from whom all blessings flow, is simply because we have not found the meaning of worship. And no man finds the meaning of worship until he realizes he has lost these other ships in the sea of life. You see, that's the sequel to the story of the prodigal son. The other son, he never left home. He never went to a far country. He never lost any ships at sea. But he never found worship either. And that is why with conviction I can stand before you today and say that unless you know you have lost some of the ships that God intended you to have, you will never find the power, the joy, the clothing, the food, and the celebration 
that we are to find in worship. I present this idea today because of what I know is I trust the Lord and the Spirit as to what's going to happen here in the next two weeks. Some of you are going to be found. And you're going to be found because you're going to know that you have lost some ships at sea. A lot of us have been planning, praying, and preparing. And some of you, together with some of us, within the next two weeks, are going to thing, have things happen to us that today we can't even imagine. Some of us are going to be found by God and allow the King, into whose kingdom we have been born as sons but which we have lost as we have tried to travel the sea of life by ourselves. We are going to be found. We're going to find a new concept of worship. We're going to find a new celebration. But before you can be found, you have to know you are lost. And that is why today we are beginning this process, which eventually, like the story of the prodigal son, will turn out in happiness and in joy. But it didn't start that way. It started by a person losing the ships on the sea of life and then finding that he was lost. It was only when he knew he was lost that he could be found. So the whole purpose of this sermon today, the reason that it has been preached, and it may disturb some of you, but it is in preparation for what's going to happen to you next week and the days to follow, and for it to be able to happen. I want you this week to count the fleet and see if you have lost any ships. God be with you. Amen. Eternal Father, strong to save, we pray for all of us who are in peril upon the sea. It's not easy to live in a time when we are tossed to and fro, when we are battered by wave and storm, it's not easy to feel the lonesomeness of what it means to be drowning in our own circumstances. But, oh, Father, help us to see that unless we know we are lost, you cannot find us. So, Father, as we go through this, experience which we know will turn out to be one of celebration and bring worship into our lives. Help us today 
as we look over the fleet of ships which you have given us, but which we have lost. Help us to be honest, O Lord, we pray. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of his Holy Spirit be and abide with you all now and forevermore. Amen.